What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Lady Lou. Y'all already know y'all are tuned in to Music Over Poverty podcast, Poverty Talk. I'm going to get right into it. Um, so this podcast today is basically a reflection um, episode, and it's basically a reflection, you know, for me, um, and I'm sure most of you can relate uh, when it comes to toxic friendships. Um, and I know I'm not the only person that has experienced a toxic friendship with someone, um, that we've known for odd years, you know, some odd years, you know, many years, whether it was, uh, a family member, uh, somebody you grew up with, a childhood friend, you know, it's just with me in particular, um, this certain individual I've been friends with since I was about 21 years old, maybe 22, and I was introduced to this person through a relative of mine, a sibling of mine. Um, It's actually, you know, a mother of one of my nieces. Um, And, you know, for many years, the situation has been toxic. Um, Just being a big sister and trying to be there for my brother and going back and forth, you know, trying to be the mediator through, you know, young relationships, you know, as being a big sister, you know, there were things that I had to do and say and um, things had to take place in order to protect my family. And and all of that happening throughout the years, I have always maintained a mutual um, understanding as a woman, as a mother, um, you know, the upbringings of certain individuals and, you know, because I had a rough childhood growing up, you know, so in certain areas, me and this person relate and I don't, I, I don't know if that's where the connection was, the, uh, the broken part of me befriending that individual, um, knowing that the history of that person, knowing that that person is incapable of loving anybody but themselves um, you know, it's just, I've seen things over and over and me and a certain individual has been in physical altercations with each other. And it's just been a real big back and forth thing, you know, over the years. And I keep asking myself every time I will reconnect with this certain individual, you know, why, why do I keep reconnecting with this person? Why do I keep allowing myself to believe that this next episode is going to be any different from the last one you know I keep trying to convince myself that this person has changed or will change or I just kept dealing with that person for whatever reason that was broken in me um and that's what I've got to the point you know that's the point I've gotten to where I'm looking at myself in the mirror and saying, why are you constantly going back and forth to reconnect with this person? What is keeping you um, open to this person? What's keeping your heart open to this person after, you know, you've been, you know, betrayed and backstabbed and, you know, physically um, put in a situation where, your livelihood has been compromised. Um, you know, like, why do I keep connecting with this person? And I, you know, 
please anybody out there that has gone through this that or, or is going through this currently what do you say to yourself um and how are you dealing with this? Because right now, at this point, I've just, I prayed about it this morning. I woke up this morning, I prayed about it, and I prayed about it, and I'm going to continue to pray about it and pray on it, you know, because I don't want to reconnect with this person anymore. And I want, you know, as of today, it's done. That is written history. I'm over it. I'm done trying to be the bigger person I'm done trying to be the one with the the red heart when really my heart should be purple towards this situation and I've came to the realization that it's something in me that I have to work on So now that I've come to the realization that this certain individual is not good for me, this certain individual does not love me with a pure heart, this certain individual loves me with a heart of choice. And when I say a heart of choice, I mean that this certain individual to me only loves me when it's going good or only has love for me when it's going good for them in a certain way my friendship to them never mattered my friendship to them means nothing you know because it's so easy to switch for that switch to go off and then you know it turns into a complete um competition or you know fist fight and you know it's always it's really easy for that person or individual to switch up. And to me, that's not safe. It's not safe for them. It's not safe for me. It's not safe for anybody that's around us in that moment because I'm at the point where I've humbly learned how to walk away in certain situations. But if I feel like I'm being pushed, then I tend to snap. And there's no coming back from that situation. And I'm at a point in my life where toxic anything is not a part of me. Because I've prayed myself out of situations. I've worked so hard to be the individual that I am today. I've worked so hard to work this hard. To push myself to not be around individuals that are that way. To not be in a situation where I'm fighting my demons and somebody else's demons. Because everybody's demons doesn't mix. And this is where we go wrong. Where we're trying to play savior to other individuals, to other people. and try to, Instead of saving ourselves. And a lot of times I found myself in vulnerable situations where I was taken advantage of. Where I wasn't taken seriously because I was reaching out and giving my extended hand and loving with a red heart instead of a purple one and at this fucking point y'all i'm tired i'm tired i'm over the fucking situation i want nothing to do with that individual or any individual like that i don't care what the fucking case is now i don't care if you're fucking starving i don't care if you're on the streets i don't care i don't give a fuck anymore that's the point i'm at because this is where people push 
you to be after you keep caring and caring and caring and then you keep getting somebody's ass to kiss or the shit keeps blowing up in your face. I know y'all feeling me right now. I know I'm not the only person that has dealt with people like this, that has dealt with a family member like this, that has dealt with a sibling like this, that has dealt with a parent like this, you know, because what I've learned in relationships and friendships in life is that it doesn't matter who it is. If somebody's dealing with some shit in their own fucking lives, in their head, and they want to keep portraying the victim, keep being the victim, talking about you, talking bad about you after just glorifying you, after just, oh, you are my bitch and I love you, and and then turn around and degrade that person and playing the fucking victim like how many times have you dealt with somebody and all they do is play the fucking victim they have caused rico fucking havoc to everybody that's around them everything they touch they damage but they can seem to always pull the victim card i don't understand this shit excuse me i had to drink some water um I really just don't understand this shit. And I'm at the point where I'm done trying to understand people and their bullshit and what they're going through. And I'm tired of it being pushed on to me. I'm just tired. And this is this is like a real, you know, life situation that I've been dealing with for so many years. And I know when certain friends of mine or family members hear this episode, they're going to be like, she's bullshitting she keeps forgiving that person it's never going to end when is she going to get tired you know and i really had to take the step to apologize to my sibling to my brother and say hey i apologize you know i apologize for not listening to you and you told me not to befriend this person i apologize for you know the times that you felt like i was choosing that person over you i apologize for not having your back in certain situations when this person was wrong and i tried to compromise and try to be the bigger person about the shit you know to be that mediator you know, so things can go smoothly for my niece. I apologize. I apologize to not validate when you were upset, you know, and you wanted to stand on that ground in that moment. And I didn't have his fucking back because I wanted to always think about, well, how can we make this better? Or what can she do? Or how can we fix this? And she didn't really mean it. And you know, that person's crazy. You know, we always try to dismiss the shit fucked up shit that people do by saying oh they crazy why do we even want to fucking be around a person that we got to excuse and say oh they crazy you know that person just crazy i'm not fucking dealing with that person just crazy anymore i don't give a fuck I, we all fucking crazy i'm crazy you're crazy the next person's fucking crazy we all have a part of us that can be you know a beast but some people just don't want to walk around and that with that energy like me i don't want to be beefing i don't want to have a certain bad aura about an individual i don't live like that that's not who i am you know if i come across a situation where someone doesn't like me or has ill feelings towards me that's the fuck on you wholeheartedly i don't care because I move with love. I've moved with grace. I move with compassion. I move with empathy. I move with sympathy. That's who I am. That's who I've always been. And a lot of times that shit has gotten me nothing. 
but that's who I am. And I'm not going to change who I am based off of somebody else's fucked up characteristics. And that's where I'm at with it. But I'm not dealing with the shit anymore. You know, like I'm humble, but don't get me fucked up. I've been in this situation a long time and I'm done with it, you know, and I want to just say to whoever out there that's going through this situation right now, be fucking done with it. Stop reaching out. Stop wanting to help. Stop, you know, allowing that person to victimize themselves all the time. You know, stop feeling fucking bad. Stop feeling sorry. Stop feeling bad when you go against how you're feeling. You know, because a lot of times I'd be like, you know, why did I even do? Why did I even do after I told myself not to? Why did I open up my doors or my home, my heart to this person after I told myself not to? Why? I'm not even mad at you. I'm not even mad at you. I'm mad at myself. I'm mad at myself because I know better and I should be doing better. And here I am making a whole fucking reflection podcast about the shit because I'm pissed off at myself. And y'all know I keep it real. I keep it fucking real. 100 is me. I keep it real. I'm not always right, but I keep it real. You know, and I can admit when I do some fucked up shit. And I am totally innocent and have been in the past few incidents where I just tried to walk away and be the bigger person. And I'm being pushed to be somebody that I'm no longer I am not a violent person. I am not a confrontational person. I don't want to be portrayed in that light. If I have to bop a motherfucker upside the head, I will do that. But I'm I'm past that in life. You know understand what I'm saying? I'm a mother. I just gave birth to a beautiful boy. I have a 12-year-old daughter, nine-year-old daughter that's looking up to me. I have nieces that are the same ages. Right at under my daughters, they're close as fuck. It's five girls, you know, two boys, and they just they're one and newborn. You know, I have a 16-year-old nephew that's growing into being a man. I just have people that's looking up to me. I have people that I have to have a positive impact on. And I can't associate with individuals that's toxic. I can't have people that will come around and portray toxic characteristics. I can't have this being picked up. And a lot of times I have compromised the mentality of my children because of the people I associated with. And when I say that, It's been times where incidents have occurred in front of my children with this individual. And I know that has, you know, puts questions, you know, in my children's mind of why, why does this happen? You know, because this person is looked at as a relative, as a, as you know, my children's aunt, aunt, however you say, wherever you from. So I know there's questions in my niece's mind, you know, about her aunt and her mom and things like that. So it's, it's a personal situation, but this is my shit and I want to talk about it, you know? And yes, profanity, it's on this podcast. It gets real. 
It is what it is. Um, I, I try not to sugarcoat shit because I'm not, you know, a sugar cookie. You know, and I want it to be as real as possible in any situation that I'm in. And I'm like, damn, I really had to go back and reevaluate the situation. Like, hey, wait, wait a minute. Where did things transpire? Where did things go wrong? You know, you ever be in a moment where you're enjoying yourself or you're at a party and you're having a good time. And the next thing you know, somebody's grinding you up. You get a female in the corner that's looking at you some type of way. I mean, she's lining you up. And then you start to fight with the girl with your eyes in the club. And you looking like, well, what's shorty problem? You understand what I'm saying? Like, what about me is bothering you so much? Why are you so bothered by my presence? Why are you so bothered by my strength? Why are you so bothered? And now my whole vibe is killed because of a hater. And I'm not saying don't let no hater kill your vibe. I'm not saying that the night went bad or I stopped enjoying myself. But why do I always feel like I have to be in a battle with another female, a black woman. Because it's always the sisters. I'm not, you know, I don't put myself where I'm not in circles. I wouldn't say put myself, but I'm not in circles of different races that much. You know, I'm usually around my own people and this is who I have these experiences with. I'm not going to say I didn't experience other things with other races, but I get the most shit from my own people, from other black women. When I empower black women every single day, I empower black women to be black women every single day. This is who I am. I'm not here to fight with a sister. I'm no longer here. The fight that I'm fighting is to make sure that black women love being black women. It's to make sure that we are heard, we are seen, we are appreciated. We are not taken for granted. These are the things that I fight with other sisters with for. I'm not here to be arguing and fighting with you and beefing with you and, you know, having screaming matches on who's the better woman. And that's not my lane. And I have to keep those that's not good for me or have the same mentality from sitting at my table. Because when you invite people into your life, people into your energy, people into your circle that's not good for you, it's going to be some shit at the end of that road. It's going to be some type of trial or tribulation that's going to occur because it's not a pure intent in the situation. The situation is not pure. So even if you try to be the bigger person and go around it to avoid certain situations, it's still going to occur because the intent on the other end is not well. People intentions is what matters. So yeah, as y'all know, my son woke up. I know you heard the little crying in the background. Had to throw him on a boob. Shout out to all my breastfeeding moms. Um, yeah, but I think I've gave enough energy um, on talking about, you know, that certain individual and that situation, you know, and I just want to change the subject at this point um, because I'm really good at 
moving along. You know, it, it works for me. And once I'm done with the situation, you know, I just don't want to dwell on it anymore. You know, I don't want to give any more energy to it because I feel like I have already gave too much energy to it. And as we know, with negative people and negative entities, it takes a lot of energy from you. And I need all the energy that I can get. I need all the pure energy that I have to share it with my newborn, to share it with my, you know, two other children, um, to share it with, you know, my, my boyfriend, my husband, my significant other. Um, and yes, I said my boyfriend and husband at the same time because I'm manifesting that shit, you know? Um, so with that being said, I want you guys to follow me on Instagram at Lady Lou, um, who that's Lady Lou, L-U-E, who on IG. Make sure y'all following me, you know, make sure y'all connecting with me outside of the podcast. Also, for those that don't know about my activist work, um, you know, my advocacy, you know, passions that I have, I am now working on having my youth crisis dinner become an actual program, an actual organization. So I am working that out with everything, with the paperwork to have it become a nonprofit. And I'm still a little iffy on whether I want to take that nonprofit route or I just want to, you know, continue to have, you know, work hard to fund that program myself, you know, because everything that I do in my community, which is in Philadelphia, for those that are listening that don't know, Lady Lou is from, born and raised from Philadelphia. And there is a program that I do for the youth where I cook for them. You know, I'm talking about soul food. I'm talking about cornbread, green beans, string beans, macaroni and cheese. You know, my mother's good old macaroni and cheese. But I, I actually cook them great meals, you know, soul food meals, soul food meals. Um and, you know, and give them, uh, give away hygiene book bags, things that, you know, the youth needs. I usually only service the youth between ages of 12 and 19. And when I, and I know I said teens, but, um, and the youth, but to me, 12 years old is kind of, you know, the, the 12 year olds that grow up in modern communities in the, you know, poverty stricken neighborhoods, um, you know, they, 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 they are doing most of the things that the older adults are doing. They are exposed to a lot. So I just feel like I don't, I wanted to start there. I wanted to start. I know 11 is kind of, you know, too young, but 12, I feel like they're like right there at that age where puberty's kicking at the door and things like that. So I wanted to make sure that I didn't leave them out because they were right, you know, coming right into being a teenager. Um, but, you know, I also link up with different programs to, um, you know, like job courts and um, other teen youth programs. You know, I've tried to reach out to them to have them come out and be involved. So that way the children have educational resources, you know, transition like resources, housing resources, you know, because there is a lot of homeless youth in our city. Um, so, 
I'm I'm on a verge of still building partnerships and sponsorships for this program, but the next one will take place um, actually next month, May. Once all this coronavirus shit is over, um, after this surpasses, you know, I'll be doing the next event to help the youth out. You know, I might switch up the dinner a little bit as far as the menu is concerned, but the program stands, you know, we are here to service. I am here to service the youth of Philadelphia that is in the crisis. You know, a lot of the teenagers, a lot of, um, of our youth go without, go without love, go without care, you know, being cared for, go without education, go without housing, you know, and it's, it's all on us as the older generation to make sure that that changes, you know? Um, and I don't want to be in people's business and people's homes or anything. So I have them come to me. I want the youth to be able to know that somebody cares for them. I want them to be able to know that they can come, you know, and reach out to me and get the help that they need, or I will put them in a room, you know, with a person that can help them if I cannot, you know, and I will do my best to always be the best for them because that is the next generation that's coming. That is my children's generation. And I want to not only be the best parent, but I want to be, you know, the best role model that I can be in my community, in my neighborhoods, because the children are suffering, you know, at this point, that's all I can focus on is the children because the adults are grown already, you know, and at some point they were children that were hurting. Now they're adults that's hurting. And I just wish that, People realize that it starts when they're younger and we have to attack it then. You know, we have to attack the mental illness then and there, you know, at that younger age. In order for our children to have a chance, they need opportunity. And, you know, it's really hard to connect with them because they have trust issues. You know, so many of them been through traumatic situations, trauma and it's hard for them to trust people. So I can only do, no, 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 let me take that back. I made it my business to relate to them in every way possible because I was them. I grew up in the system. I was on the streets and I did have a loving, caring mother at home who was also dealing with her own things, you know? So I know what it's like, you know, I, I know what it's like to be abused physically, sexually, verbally, mentally, everythingly. I know what it's like. I was them. I am them. And I'm going to do everything in my living power to make sure that I give back to my community in some kind of way. You know, I want to make sure that my story can possibly change a life. You know, and I've always been an open book and I believe being an open book changes lives. You know, a lot of people don't always agree with me telling my stories or telling, you know, my testimony, but I've seen it. It works. It saves lives. You know, I've had people come to me and be like, you know, damn, your story changed my life where I never looked at certain things this way. And, you know, you've been so strong through certain situations. You gave me the strength to do it. And Those are the things that encourage me to keep going. You know, when I'm hurting and I'm down and I'm out and I don't know what to do, you know, in my next step. Those are the things that I remember, 
you know, that it's not just about me. I can't give up. I can't give up on myself. I can't give up on my children. And I cannot give up on my community, even with everything that's going on, with all the Black-on-Black crime, you know, because the Black-on-Black crime happens because so many of us are hurting. You know, so I've decided to create a program where I bring food. I have food. I have, you know, personals, things that they need. I provide educational, financial, and housing resources. And I engage with them on, on their level because that's what it takes to get them to open up. That's what it takes to get them to reach out for help. You know, a lot of them are very much in need, but they don't want to ask for the help. They are, uh-oh, babies on board. They, you know, they find it hard to trust people because of all the things that they went through. And I felt like if I or things that they can relate to to the table, like a hot meal, which most of the children that I work with miss, some parents are you know, at work, single parent homes, some children are being neglected because of drug uses, you know, usage. Um, and, you know, that being an influence on why they're not getting a home cooked meal at home. It's just, it's just a numerous of things that, you know, put me in this place to where as though I said, you know what, I'm going to start a youth crisis dinner and it's going to be a program that I've run every few months for the youth in my city, for the youth in my community, where they can come out, have a hot meal, you know, get the things that they need, and hopefully it changes them. Hopefully it changes the life. Hopefully a person or a child that doesn't have a place to go or is homeless connects with somebody, you know, at a homeless shelter, youth homeless shelter, um, Hopefully a child that wants to pursue, you know, a career in culinary arts that is struggling with housing, um, you know, or having a problem in the home can find a, you know, a way out by attending a job court program and going away and obtaining their education, getting their driver's license, a degree, a trade or whatever of some sort. You know, these are the things that I want to present to them when they're in my care for however long, you know, for how, for this two minutes, five minutes or 10 minutes or an hour, I want to be able to have that influence. So I'm working really hard to make sure that my program is lined up in that way, in that order so that it is effective, you know, and shout out to everybody that came to the first youth crisis dinner Shout out to everybody that's been supporting it, um, everybody that's been donating clothes and things like that, because I also have um, a closet, a youth crisis closet, um, where you know they're able to pick up used clothing, um, donations, anything that's donated, it will be at any in all the events, and it's free. I just want my people to be able to obtain something you know, able to have something. So I'm always looking for donations. If you are willing to donate or you want to sponsor um, the next event, you can email me at ucdphilly 
at gmail.com. Again, it's ucdphilly at gmail.com. And, you know, just send an email over there and we can go from there. But I'm always looking for supporters, um, donators, you know, don donators. What is a donator? A donor. You know, people that's willing to stand up for this fight as well. So, yeah. So that's that's it for this episode of Poverty Talk on Music Over Poverty Podcast. Y'all already know it's your girl, Lady Lou. Y'all know how I'm coming. Make sure y'all follow me on the gram. And make sure y'all tuning in. Tuning in. You got to tune in. You in a home. You know, you're in, you're in a house. You ain't got nothing else to do. We we stuck with these damn kids. You know? Um, and it, it, as far as the coronavirus is concerned, I really don't want to speak on it. Because... Um, I have different opinions about about this. In the beginning, I really thought it was a fucking propaganda um, to some all other stuff that you know this greedy, dirty government has going on. The uppers have going on um, in this world. So I just decided not to speak on it because I feel like that's what the media is for. Excuse the baby. That's what the media is for. That's what the news is for. It's already being talked about enough. It's already being covered enough. It's too, been taking too much of my energy. I'm freaking stuck in the house for another 30 days. Um, and I'm not able to do certain things. Like, it's just fucking frustrating at this point, And I don't want to talk about it. I'm sure there are enough podcasters that around the world that are speaking on this coronavirus thing. And your girl, Lady Luke, just not doing it. You know, I'll, I'm sure... For sure, for sure, we'll have a coronavirus cookout once this is all over. But as far as giving us any more energy or anything, no. I'm just saying wash your hands, which you should have been doing anyway before this happened. You know, keep your kids safe. You know, make sure they're eating things to boost their immune system. Make sure you're drinking plenty of fluids. And stay your ass in the house and stay away, you know, or stay out the way, should I say. Stay out the way, stay safe, stay protected. You already know, stay black. It's your girl, Lady Lou. Peace. <laughs>